Hi, my name is Naveen Bunsel, and you're listening to the Slapcast. Well, hello and Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy Kwanzaa and Hanukkah and all of the holiday wishes from the Slapcast. We over here are celebrating Christmas and the house... I would say the office, but it's not true. But the house is filled with candles and all of the Christmassy things. I hope yours is too. I want you to know, Jonathan, there's something that I want for Christmas. Can you guess? I can't guess. Well, I want more podcast subscribers. Okay. Make it happen. You can't wrap that and put that under the tree. Um, But it is free, and it's a gift all of you can give. And And, all you need to do... And you can share it. You can share the podcast, and then they can like and subscribe. Um, If you have something you'd like to share with me, I would really like to to get your ideas on what you'd like to hear in the new year. Just reach me at slapcast at relayleadership.org. Speaking of connecting with me and with us at Relay, we are at Relay Leadership on all of the social channels, so you can find us there. This is really my last opportunity to mention a few programs we have coming up. If you've been listening, you already heard me talk about them, so I'm not going to go into a lot of depth. But we have our next public training session coming up. It's called Care to Lead. It's on December 12th. This is going to give you the mindset you need to grow and flourish as a servant leader. It's going to challenge you personally, and it's going to give you a ton of professional impact. It's on December 12th. We're holding it at the Cohatch Worthington Library location. Go to relayleadership.com slash care to lead to find out all of the details and to get registered. We already have about 20 people signed up, maybe even more by the time this podcast hits. Now, we have two intensive programs coming up in 2020, Next Gen and Exec Gen. Next Gen is for high-performing young professionals who are either new to leadership or maybe are hopeful of their first leadership position and you just want more responsibility. It's a 10-month journey where you get all kinds of workshops on emotional intelligence and servant leadership, diversity and inclusion, how to manage your career and plan effectively for your career. You also are going to get um, mentorship. You're going to work on a community impact project and so much more go to nextgenleaders.com to learn all you need to know about the program and how to get registered um, and or how to nominate your rising star nextgen by the way is spelled n-x-g-e-n so that's n-x-g-e-n leaders.com and then execgen that's for experienced professionals and when we say experienced we're looking for folks that have over 20 years supervising others and this program helps the experienced leader take their you know their record of high performance to yet another level we still focus on mindset emotional intelligence servant leadership but we weave in all kinds of things that help those experienced leaders to better understand the environments around them so that they can match their style to those that they're leading this includes they get a ton of assessments in this program but in addition to that the exec gen folks get specific training in one of those assessments so that they can begin using them for their team. And then they also get 10 one-hour executive coaching sessions. So to learn more about ExecGen, 
you need to go to relayleadership.com slash execgen. For both of these programs, we need to know that you're in by December 13th because you've got to get, you've got to take assessments. We've got to get a little bit of documentation from you, some information about you. And it's not a heavy lift, all of the pre-work, but it does take a little bit of time for us to gather all that information. So we need to know by December 13th. So I am really excited about today's guest. His name is Naveen Bunsel, and he is an amazing individual. He runs a local nonprofit. It's called Small Biz Cares. They connect, mobilize, and inspire small businesses to create lasting, positive impact in the Columbus community. He also runs a for-profit called Outreach Promotional Solutions, which is part print, part promotional products, and logo apparel, as well as graphic design, web design, and digital marketing. So he's a busy guy, and I'm really excited for you to meet him in just a moment. Naveen, welcome to the Slapcast. I am super pumped that you're here today. Welcome. Yeah, like, likewise, I really appreciate being here. It's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Now, you and I met, I feel like it was at least a year ago, maybe maybe two. I can't quite yeah. remember. I'm, I'm old, so I forget these things. Um, <laughs> share more about your work in the nonprofit community, both through your nonprofit and your company, Outreach Promotional Solutions. I, I know there's kind of a cross-pollination here. Um, I don't fully understand all of it. Well, what I should say is I don't fully remember all of it. Um, I do remember that it was very inspiring, and I want the audience just to get a nice overview of what you do, both in the nonprofit and the for-profit space, and just bring us all up to speed. Yeah, for sure. So with Outreach Promotional Solutions, I started the company about seven years ago, and one of the big things I wanted to do was create a company that gave back to the community, partnered with nonprofits. And so, you know, we've always kind of been in that realm. Uh, we've been able to um, partner with nonprofits, support their awareness efforts, um, get involved in different fundraisers and events. We offer discounts to nonprofits. And, I, you know, like I said, you know, I wanted to create something that I could really feel was making an impact in the community. Um, over time, you know, I, you know, kind of led me to kind of think about starting a nonprofit, Small Biz Cares. And so, you know, I, I think both relate really well. You know, I run a small business, and what Small Biz Cares does is really helps businesses, you know, especially small businesses, get more involved in the community. And so I think they do relate pretty well with each other, and, um, you know, they're, they're, they strengthen each other. So how specifically, how does Small Business Cares help those smaller businesses get involved in the community? So give us an example of some activities or actions that take place. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, we have small businesses, you know, they join us as members and uh, we have uh, four main programs. The first thing we do is volunteering events. And so we do large scale community service events. Um, folks come out um, to volunteer. Last Our last event, we had 65 professionals and business owners come out. And so what they're doing is they're volunteering for a half day and then, then we have a happy hour afterwards to kind of unwind and get together. And so it's a great way for folks to be able to give back, volunteer, and also network. And so that's a great example of how, you know, we're kind of changing, you know, volunteering a little bit and kind of making it more of a do well and do good philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, we also, our second program is fundraising. And so we have events that support other nonprofits. And our goal there is to really, you know, engage the business community to give back. And so we hold our own events. Uh, we had a recent event called Tailgate for Charity, which brought together about 150 folks. Uh, we raised about uh, over $3,000 for a local nonprofit. She has a name. Oh, nice. And so, you know, that was a really, you know, a, you know awesome fundraiser for us. 
Um, and so we have some more events planned, you know, around fundraising next year. Um, so that's volunteering fundraising. Our third program is scholarship. Every member that joins us, uh, they actually pay a contribution as a small business to join us, and that's two fifty a year is kind of the base rate. Okay. And one hundred percent of that two fifty actually goes to our scholarship fund, and so we're actually helping students with their education. We're looking at traditional and not traditional, and so for traditional, we partnered with Columbus State this year, and we gave out three thousand dollars to three three students to help them with their education. Um, we're also supporting non-traditional education opportunities. I mentioned she has a name. They have a scholarship fund as well, supporting victims of human trafficking with education. Um, and then we also are supporting the Women's Small Business Accelerator um, nice. with okay. their um, you know, education program to help entrepreneurs start their business. And so we're providing funding for one student to go through that program. So our goal is really to kind of um, you know, engage our members, their contributions. You know, They're making a tangible impact immediately by contributing to our scholarship fund. And um, you know that's been really a great way for us to grow Small Biz Cares at the start. What made you want to, tell me a little bit more about what made you want to go into this nonprofit space? Because if you're giving away 100% of your membership fees, you're obviously not drawing any kind of salary from this. Correct, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. there's no win yeah. there, yeah. right? Not that that's the only reason or, or a reason to get a nonprofit work, but I'm full-time with a nonprofit and I can't do it for free. Yeah. So how, you know... I think it's remarkable, by the way, and I'm sure, sure your for-profit makes that possible. But you know, what is the win for you? What, what's your why for doing that? Now, I will say, I will say one thing: we do have different levels, so we definitely have higher-level memberships that do where their their contribution actually a large portion of it goes to help on the nonprofit, and then other partners that are helping us. And we, we're just starting out, so that yeah. that kind of model is going to kind of ebb and flow as we go and, and evolve over time. But um, you know, really, you know, kind of goes back to starting small business cares. You know, you know, I've been involved personally in a number of chambers of commerce. I've been on on boards. I actually still sit on the board of the Cleveland Chamber, so I'm involved in the Cleveland community as well. And you know what I, you know what I have always seen, you know, both in my work and in, in working in my own company, owning my own company, but also in the community, was a lot of awesome collaboration around larger companies, nonprofits. There's there's a lot of dollars there. A lot of great things that are happening in that in that community. You know, whether it's the Columbus Partnership, the Columbus Foundation, United Way, BESA, all these great groups. But what I was seeing was kind of a lack of engagement with the small business community. You know, a lot of folks, you know, that, that own businesses, work in small businesses. There's hundreds of thousands of small businesses in central Ohio. And there's not really a collaborative effort to bring those folks together to give back. And so, uh, you know, I kind of came up with this concept a couple of years ago, started, you know, kind of thought about it, you know, thought about, hey, there's something here where we can kind of bring the small business community together to give back and do it in a way that's, you know, a win for the business too, because yeah. we understand the resources are constrained, you know, whether, you know, business is starting out or they're, you know, they're still trying to grow it, you know, money, time, all that's strapped. And so, you know, I sat on it for a while, kind of thought about the concept, sat on it for a while. And then finally, uh, 2018, so last year, you know, I said to myself, you know, this is something I'm going to do because, you know, I had sat on it for so long and it kept on burning a hole in my brain, kept on thinking about it. And I just, you know, I, I knew I would regret if I didn't actually take action on it. So I went to my team at Outreach and I said, hey, you know, this is what I'm thinking about doing. And, you know, the team was like, hey, this is pretty cool. Let's do it. And um, I went and you started kind of building the branding. And I'm lucky because we have a marketing team. We can kind of build that <laughs> branding in-house and the website and all that in-house, which is great. Um, and so we started building it. Um, I actually met with about 100 business owners in 2018 before we launched it to wow. kind of get feedback, get some initial board members and kind of 
you know, see, is this something that has some legs? And I think the reception was great. And it kind of reinforced the idea of, you know, there's something here where we can kind of bring folks together to give back um, at the small business level and really kind of, you know, make an impact that normally, you know, large companies could make. How many of these community service days with the networking, how many of those events have you held so far? So we've had two this year so far, and okay. we have one more planned for the holidays. And so oh, there's nice. you know, our first year operations, so we'll have three this year. Our plan with the service events is to have uh, one each quarter. Um, that's kind of that one that we put on. And then we're also planning to have additional um, partnerships. So we already you know connected with Point. Um, Columbus gives back. I was going to ask, um, yeah. Madison was on the, pat. well, she's she was on the podcast October 21st is when she was on the podcast. And I was wondering if you had ever connected with her because she's in that, yeah. she's really targeting, it seems like a lot of the same size of employers. Yep. And I was wondering, so that sounds like a real yeah, good Yeah, we already have a great partnership. You know, Stephanie and Madison both at Point have been great. You know, they, they support what we're doing. They've actually been in some of our events and um, it's been a good partnership there. Awesome, sure. awesome. Yeah. Can you give us an example of some of the projects you've done? Yeah, for the service events, I mean, we've worked with, uh, you know, some of the nonprofits you may have heard of, like Homeless Families Foundation, Life Care Alliance, Habitat for Humanity, Ronald McDonald House, and it's varied. And I think what's cool about what we're doing is when we do our service events, we kind of open it up and we, you know, get with like five different nonprofits. And we allow our members and folks that are even non-members to join us on these volunteer events and, you know, they can kind of pick from those different options. So, you know, we've done like outdoor um, beautification work in Franklinton where we had folks doing like heavy labor yard work mm -hmm. and they're lifting, you know, piles of dirt and moving things around. That would not be my favorite. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, and we've had people actually tell us like, man, that was a lot harder than I thought I it was going to be, you know? And so uh, we've had that, you know, even the habitat, same thing, kind of heavy labor type things. And then we've had, um, you know, times where we're, you know, doing... Um, you know, packing kits for, you know, you know, families that are having newborns that are maybe, you know, um, at the poverty level or, or, you know, homeless families, those kind of things. And so packing kits, um, stocking shelves, um, you know, serving, you know, we, we helped the Meals on Wheels program with, you know, getting all the stuff ready for Meals on Wheels. Um, you know, we did some, you know, clean up type activities. And so it's kind of been a really good mix of things. I know for a holiday event coming up, uh, it's going to be in December. The date hasn't been finalized, but, you know, um, it's coming up. But we basically are going to be, um, you know, our plan is to do Salvation Army and we're going to do some distribution of um, food and toys to families. Okay. And that'll be a one large, large event that's going to happen uh, here coming up soon. What do you think is the most rewarding thing you get to do? Think about, I mean, you can talk about either organization, but I'm thinking more in terms of, you know, you're running outreach promotional solutions and this is your organization. What are some of the most rewarding things you get to do on a day in and day out basis as a leader there? Yeah, I think, um, I think what's really cool is, you know, I used to work in corporate and, you know, running, running my own business. Um, it's really cool to kind of see just the impact, you know, day to day that we're making, um, you know, whether it's, you know, communicating with clients, meeting with, I love meeting with people. So meeting with clients and thing and, and, you know, even prospects and just kind of getting to know people and, and the clients especially are, you know, really appreciative of the work we're doing for them. We're helping them grow their business, helping them market themselves. So probably the biggest thing I enjoy about my days is just connecting with our clients and, and, you know, people in the community to be able to kind of, you know, help them out with their marketing efforts. So you do printed materials, like promotional printed materials, right? Like, like you could yeah, do the shirt. We do, we do a 
Yeah, we do printed materials, we do promotional materials, but we also actually do creative work. Uh, That's what I thought. That's what I was going to ask you. I I remember that from our conversation. There's a digital aspect. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, so kind of the legacy. I'll give you kind of the legacy background. So my family's actually been in print for 30 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I grew up, uh, when I was eight years old, my parents started a print company in Akron, Ohio. And, you know, when I was maybe, I don't know, 12, probably, uh, you know, child, child labor laws weren't, weren't there back then. But <laughs> when I was, yeah, when I was like 12 years old, I started working in the back, you know, I started wow. doing some bindery work in the back. Then when I turned 16, I started um, driving deliveries, kind of getting things out to customers. And so I worked, you know, every summer I'd worked there as a kid and then, um, you know, went into my own thing for a while. But when I came back and started my own company, I wanted to kind of take that print legacy background and start a new company, new brand, you know brand new organization, really kind of take that print legacy on, on marketing products and expand it into other products. So we started doing promotional products and apparel. What I realized was my passion was more around helping companies with their marketing challenges, and that went beyond just the product side. And so a few years ago, we started um, you know, increasing our capabilities internally in terms of offering web design, graphic design, and digital marketing. And so that's something we kind of launched a couple of years ago. We launched those services. And especially on the digital side, our main goal is to help the small business that maybe they have 10 employees, 20 employees. They don't have the resources in-house to execute. Mm-hmm. They kind of hire us as their marketing team. Okay. And so we're like their marketing department. And we're you know helping them with their strategy, their execution on digital, their design, and then analytics. And again, they're not taking that risk on and the expense on of hiring somebody in-house. Is this a subscription or a uh, retainer basis? Exactly. So yeah. now that that small business or nonprofit has a dependable, um, they can manage expenses, right? Because cash flow is always an issue when you're yeah. a small company. Well, any company, I guess. But specifically, I know for us, that's all we're always thinking about cash flow, right? Yeah. And knowing that this is only going to cost me this and that there's not going to be this scope creep where all of a sudden now I owe you $10,000, that, that's always a fear when we work with consultants. Yeah. And so having a dependable fee every month and a, and a well-defined scope of work is really helpful to people in our position. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that that's exactly where we're retaining our, retain our approach. We actually start as low as $1,000 a month. And, um, you know, you, you can kind of grow with it. You can keep it at 1000 and what's great about it is not only is that retainer approach kind of helping with the cash flow, but also they're getting a diverse skill set. Yeah. It's really hard to get one person that has strategic background, has digital marketing expertise, has design expertise, and then also can do analytics. And so we kind of collaborate internally as a team. You know, they have kind of a go-to digital marketer, but then as a team, we work with each other to kind of execute on the client and we can, you know, um, pitch in in those different areas. Whereas again, it's hard to get really one person with all those skill sets. Yeah. Do you so. do ad hoc projects though? Even yeah. if someone's not a, on a retainer, let's say? We do. So uh, web design projects for sure. Graphic design, yes, for sure. Uh, we've actually done some event marketing as well. And okay. so there's a couple of events this year that we did like a short-term project where we marketed that event um, on social media specifically, as well as did some website work and updated the website and so for that event. And so there are some short-term things, you know, our sweet spot is probably more on the, you know, business retainer type of, or nonprofit retainer type approach. But, um, yeah, we definitely can do that ad okay. hoc, ad hoc work. I'm just learning. Yeah. I'm just yeah. very interested. Now you said you spent some time in the corporate world. Now you're in the entrepreneurial world. Interestingly enough, 
I met someone today in an event and I said, so what do you do? And he goes, I'm an entrepreneur. Like it was a bad word or something. I said, why'd you say it like that? He goes, well, everybody says that nowadays. And he goes, but I'm really doing something like he felt like the perception was when you say I'm an entrepreneur, that that's what people say when they basically don't have a job. And I said, I don't think that at all. And when he explained to me what he did, it was super legit and it was really interesting. Um, so my question to you is you've come out of the corporate world. What do you love most about not being there? Or if that's a sounds a little negative to you, what do you love most about being an entrepreneur and not in that corporate world? Kind of that comparison. Yeah, I think, um, it goes back to the reason why I left is, um, I had trouble seeing the impact I was making uh, day to day or in the work I was doing. I loved the people in, in corporate world and, and I love the people now. I can meet new people every day, which is, I think, awesome about being an entrepreneur. But um, I, th I think it's seeing the impact, whether it's the impact on my team directly. You know, I'm helping my team develop, grow. You know, I'm seeing the results, you know, pretty immediately. And I think that's pretty exciting. Um, you know, there's always a challenge. The challenges are so different because, you know, we all wear a lot of hats, yeah. right? So, you know, one challenge one day is, that, you know, at a project that needs, you know, some help, you've got to deal with financials, got to deal with any people issues that you might have, all these different things. It makes it challenging, but also I think interesting. And so I think the work I'm doing is more interesting to me. Um, it's more fulfilling because I can see the impact. And so there's several reasons why I think I like what I'm doing right now. And I, I really kind of made that shift. Um, but really it comes down to seeing the actual impact that, that I'm making on a regular basis. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. When you think about the smaller businesses you work with and you could, you could fold the small nonprofits into this if you want mm -hmm. to. I mean, nonprofits are a business. They just have a different IRS designation. So, mm -hmm. but they should be run like businesses too, in my opinion. What do you think is the biggest barrier or struggle in that particular community, whether it be small business, small nonprofit, in really socializing their their mission, their impact, so that they can kind of get out of obscurity. What is their biggest barrier to that? You know, I, I do think it varies depending on the organization, but I would say a lot of a lot of folks, you know, especially when I see businesses and even nonprofits, they don't they they can't clearly articulate or show what makes them unique or different. And I think, you know, there's a lot of organizations. I'll look at our, our company, for example. You know, there's a ton of companies that offer marketing services and products. But how do we differentiate? What is it about how we do things, our brand, um, the solutions we offer, how we position ourselves? What makes us really different from other people? And then you got to then communicate that in the right way, package it in the right way. So I think that finding out the key difference, that's usually, I think, a big struggle for folks. Mm -hmm. um, same thing in the nonprofit world, right? I mean, there's, what, what do we hear, 14,000 14, non nonprofits? Yeah, in Central Ohio. <laughs> and so there's a lot of nonprofits that are attacking similar issues, right? So, you know, when people are trying to think about where they want to, you know, spend their dollars or volunteer or whatever they want to do to support these organizations, you know, it, you got to be able to stand out and show how you're different and unique yeah. um, to be able to be successful. That actually answered the second question, which was what's the biggest struggle that the nonprofits are having. And I think, yep. I think you've nailed it. And I know we, as we made a transition several years ago to what we call relay now, that has been our ongoing struggle. And I think we're figuring it out and it is a process. And to be more specific, it's getting that thing of, 
the people who are introduced to us and work with us like, man, this is great. I wish we would have known about you sooner. This is awesome. And we know we have something unique and special to offer, but just getting the organization out of obscurity is is now the now that we've solidified the mission and how we want to message it and what our unique um, imperative is, our, our unique value proposition yeah. is, what our distinctives are, now communicating that in a way that um, is meaningful to a donor, a buyer, because we do have a social enterprise. Um, and that is that is now the work before us. So I totally identify with that. Um, and just as a side note, most nonprofits, certainly not all, but many of them are filled with people who have the biggest heart, are full of passion, and have no idea how to market themselves or the organization. Yeah, and that's, you know, when you started your question about, you know, kind of getting into the marketing and how to get out of obscurity, I also kind of go back to why businesses fail in general or nonprofits fails. Folks have really great ideas, but I think they a lot of folks lack that business background yeah. or the knowledge. And so, you know, it's one thing to have that awesome idea, but if you can't, you know, if you don't understand financials or you don't understand how to hire people, train people, run a business, you know, you could have the best idea in the world, but, you know, you're likely to fail. Yeah. yeah. We, we outsource <clears throat> in a similar arrangement folks who do the socials. They do. We still have to come up with content because no one knows the content like we do. But where we struggle is when, how often should we do this email or this social post or whatever? And then there's virtually no capacity for posting or getting the newsletter put together or whatever, because we're busy doing the stuff of the organization. And so they basically become the, the folks executing everything. So we come Mm -hmm. up with a plan and they execute it. Whereas we still have to feed them the, the pieces of content, photos, things like that, which is fine. Not having to do that is a huge, huge benefit, a huge Mm. benefit. I think the only thing that would be better would be having someone on staff or partnering with a third-party vendor that knows our mission inside and out the same as we do, and we don't have to give them all the content, and they just can can do it. Um, Just because I'm not a copywriter, and I mean, I am a writer, but I don't like writing copy for social posts. I just get so, because I always tend, so this will be, you're going to tell me, oh, you shouldn't do that, Shannon. I know you are. I tend (laughs) to tell, like, here's what we're doing. Here's an event that we're having. Mm -hmm. And that's not engaging content right? Rather than content that's value add and, you know, stories and impact. And, and you do have to tell people we have an event. I was going to say you need both. But, right? but yeah. I feel like my, my default is they're like, well, Shannon, what do you want to do for social posts for December? I'm like, well, we've got this event and we've got this thing going on and we've got the podcast and we've, and I'm thinking of all the what that we're doing. I'm not automatically thinking of it from a marketing standpoint of looking at it all around and including other things. Well, I, well, I think that's where that strategy and the getting to know the client in our business is, is where that happens. So in the beginning, you know, you're going to have a learning curve. And if you hire somebody, they have a learning curve. They got to know the organization, get to know what you're about, what your mission is, who your, you know, people that are involved with you are, and then build out kind of that content approach, right? So you have the event, event marketing, you have content that's more advisory in nature, you have, you know, maybe features on partners and all those different things. And hopefully over time, you know, that's where you don't, you can kind of step back a little bit and that content writing can be done elsewhere. Right. And that, I think that's where you want to kind of move towards at some point is to be yeah. able to do that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So it looks like you are heavily involved here in Columbus, but I did notice you mentioned it, 
but I noticed a couple places in your bio that you're involved in Cleveland. What's that about? Yeah, so I mentioned uh, we have our print shop in Akron, Ohio, and that okay. was a family business. I grew up in that area. Okay. And so you and LeBron James. That's right. We, we were neighbors, you know. Twenty-three. Because <laughs> there's a little boy. Yeah, there's LeBron a little James. boy that. Oh, I have. There's a commercial. Hold on, I have my. So I have twin girls that are four. Okay. And I had them. This is back when he played with us, and I think we had just won the championship or something and I had them do that LeBron James thing the LeBron James LeBron like James. yeah they were they, I, had, I have a video of them on my phone of them doing that Jonathan's not very <laughs> I'm not very sportsy Jonathan is less sportsy than me other than he's a runner yeah. I'm and a you huge watch baseball fan. but baseball doesn't count I'm a what? huge sports fan <laughs> I'm a huge football fan and then basketball. Me too. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. I got to go back. Yeah. I will watch the Browns with my husband and I watch the Buckeyes play. I don't know if that makes me a big football person or not, but that's it. No, it's, it's actually my wife's the same way. Yeah. My, I'm, I'm a huge Browns fan. You know, I, you mentioned the Cleveland thing, right? I grew up in, mm-hmm. in Northeast Ohio and I've um, been a Browns fan my whole life and I actually have season tickets. And so, nice. Yeah, so We're I trying go. to make it to a Browns game this season. I'll let you know if I don't go to one of the okay, games. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll definitely you know. take you up on that. <laughs> so, um, so your question about Cleveland, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, when I left, when I left um, corporate world, you know, I kind of, you know, started, I, I had a little bit of time to kind of think about what kind of business I wanted to start. And so what I decided to do was, you know, explore Cleveland and Columbus communities. And I got connected with uh, Cozy, which is the Council of Small Enterprises. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like the Columbus Chamber here, uh, focused on small business. I went to one of their events. I had a great time. I loved it. And I um, started working with them a little bit. And over time, they asked me to join the board. And so it, the great part about it is that, you know, I built like a good small business network uh, in Cleveland. It's good for business too, because we have clients up there as well. But I really enjoyed, one of the things I've always tried to do in anything I'm doing is try to get more involved in different things beyond just the business side. And so getting on the board of the chamber, I really kind of expanded my knowledge base. I was able to, you know, think about challenges in the community, the business community. We were talking about issues of, you know, how do we attract more business into the community or how do we engage, you know, members to get more involved how do we provide, what kind of programs do we provide our members, all the different things. It really kind of expands your knowledge base. So sort of get involved in that organization. I've been on the board for, I think, almost five years now. Okay. And then I was also asked to join the, the Greater Cleveland Partnership, which is a larger company board. And so we have like a group of like 10 small business owners are on that board as well. And so uh, just something I've been kind of involved in. And again, it's great for business too, obviously, because, you know, I, I'm building that network up there and we have clients and um, you know, especially nowadays, the way the world works, we can work with clients anywhere. Yeah. And so having that is great. So you travel then for your meetings. Up I do. There. It's not that I far. Do. It's, it's not, not that far. far. I travel less than I used to with, with the kids now. But um, I used to go up, I actually used to go to Cleveland like once a week before. Now I go like once a month. Um, so I kind of change up a little bit and I do a lot of my work virtually with our clients up there. Um, I have one more question for you, but I have a little bit of a lead in. So what we talk about in our organization is that we are helping to awaken the best in people. And we do that through programming workshops, et cetera, that are inspired by servant leadership. And I like to use the phrase inspired by servant leadership because servant leadership as a methodology or a perspective and approach, whatever can have different meetings for lots of different people. And so for us, Servant leadership isn't just about indiscriminately doing things for other people, but it has to do with the way we show up at work, at home, in the community, 
And it's this bigger mindset piece around how can I find the win for everybody involved, including me, that I'm a part of this equation because when I'm filled up, then I have more that I can contribute. And if I'm giving to the neglect of myself, then my ability to contribute is diminished. And so it's this both and of others and self. And so I'm curious about your reaction to that and how you show up for your employees specifically. How do you approach the way I've defined servant leadership, even if you don't define it that way, how would you say you approach your leadership juxtaposed or in agreement with what I've just shared? Yeah. So, I mean, with my team day to day, you know, I kind of take the philosophy of, I got to trust my team. Um, They're, you know, we hire for talent, we hire for character, you got to have technical skills, but um, the biggest things we look for are folks that have a great attitude and have a great character. And I really try to focus on development. And so I do, you know, internally I have some development uh, practices that I put in place in terms of reviews, in terms of discussions on a regular basis. And then my hope is to let my team go and be a resource for them whenever they need help. And so if they have a challenge issue, whatever it is, you know, I want them to come to me and I, I can help them out. But I really try to try to, you know, let them go and develop and, and help help them identify what areas they want to improve on and then just let them go and, and go to work. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, I've really enjoyed having you on the Slapcast. Before we go, I want you to let people know how they can get a hold of you, whether it be, I don't know if you have a blog, um, email, whatever, you know, if they want to learn more about partnering with you, whether it be on the nonprofit or through the, the company, um, how do you want people to contact you? Yeah, so we do have a blog um, on, on both the outreach site as well as Small Biz Cares. <clears throat> so if you can go to smallbizcares.org, you can check out that blog. And then um, Outreach Promos with an S.com is where you can check out the blog on Outreach. Um, but if you want to get a hold of me, um, there's probably two main ways. One is definitely check me, you know, go to LinkedIn, shoot me a message. That's a great way to connect. Um, I use LinkedIn a lot and, you know, kind of build connect- connections that way. Then you can also email. Um, I can give you the Small Biz Cares. It's uh, naveen.bunzel at smallbizcares.org. And, you know, we're really looking to get, you know, if you're a small business listen out there, whether it's an owner or a leader in a small business or just somebody who works in a small business, we want to talk with everybody out there to get us more, get them more engaged in what we're doing with Small Business Cares because, I, you know, we've got some awesome things planned for next year. And the more folks that we can get involved is going to be going to be awesome for us. Absolutely. And we'll make yeah. sure we put all of that in the description so people can just click and connect. All right. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks so much. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. it. Thanks.